Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special resource edition of the This Is Family podcast. I'm Ben Houck, Family Ministries Director here at Calvary. Our marriage seminar this year was absolutely incredible. It was an event blessed by God, and we've already heard many testimonies of strengthened marriages as a result. We really had such a wonderful time learning, laughing, and loving during this incredible two-day seminar. And we want to share those sessions with you here. In this general session, our main speakers, Reverend Brent and Sister Daitha Brosom, share some insights on making marriage incredible with the topic, Building Your Dream Marriage. Here now is the 2023 Calvary Marriage Seminar on this resource edition of This Is Family. Good morning. Why don't you turn to somebody around you and just tell them good morning. We're glad you're here. I mentioned this last night. We are, um, we, we've kind of got to this area of our lives and we have, uh, we're in the process of moving. Our, our home right now is filled with a bunch of cardboard boxes. Um, our whole life is just, re- it's just, you can reduce it down to several cardboard boxes right now. Uh, but we made that decision based on some needs in life. And here's one thing I've, I, I realized. Oh, yeah, one floor. This is, we're so excited about that. So uh, some needs in life. And here's one thing you have to know is, particularly if you're building a life together, needs change. Uh, we grow together. People change. Um, this is not, let me just say this before we start. We were, uh, has your spouse ever done something and you're like, I don't know this woman? Or, or maybe vice versa. It's like, where did this come from? I'm going to tell them what I'm talking about. <laughs> so so we, we were, uh, this is when COVID just started and we are, uh, you know, trying to figure everything out. And there was so many supplies you could not get. And one of them was hand sanitizer. So my wife, she, she found a good uh, do-it-yourself, how to make a hand sanitizer, uh, a home, you know, your home kind of recipe. So I, I know what happened. She, she's making, she spent all day making this hand sanitizer. And then at the end of the day, she needed to pour it into something. So I got up the next day and uh, I'm getting ready to, you know, just to take some medicine or just get a drink of water. And I noticed there's a, it's not, it's, it's almost all the way full and it's a, one of those plastic water bottles. <laughs> Who does this? Okay. I ran out of bottles. <laughs> So we're putting hand sanitizer in these empty plastic water bottles. Like sometimes you're, you know, when you grow, it's like you'll come to a place where it's like, I don't know if I know this person or not. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. So as we grow together, uh, needs change. Personalities change. People change. And I think one of the things that we have to be extremely um, intentional about is that we stay connected so that we grow together. Have you ever seen those, 
You ever seen those, uh, a tree, two trees that are growing up and somebody places like a, uh, they want it to be a seat. And so they'll put a tube of six or something, a tube of 10 in between the seat and it finally, it grows into the, the, the tree so that they're kind of connected. Or maybe you've seen those trees that they're intertwined and they, and they somehow they grow them together and they're like weaved together. We're either gonna grow together or we're gonna grow apart. And so as we, as we grow, needs change, but we have to build right. And I wanna talk about uh, building a dream marriage. One of the things that's changed for us is uh, when I started, we were talking about buying a home. So for about three years, we've been talking about our needs. This is that in proactive conversations. And so we were, we've been talking about our needs and things that we want for the future, not just today, but even uh, 10 years and 15 years down the road. So we've been looking for about three years. And then when this uh, a house came up, but we've been looking for about three years on Zillow. You, I don't know if you guys ever do that. You just pull up homes. Now, here's what happens. We pull up homes. We're looking at homes. And you're looking at the ones you can afford. And then, <laughs> does anybody else do that? Then you start looking in the ones that it's like, uh, this ain't happening, but this is an awful lot of fun right here. And so you're looking at the ones that you can't afford. Well, here's what I found out. You can buy a pretty nice home for a couple of million bucks. <laughs> but you got to pay for it. You can have any kind of marriage you want. You just got to pay for it. You got to decide what kind of marriage you want for a lifetime. And then you, shoot, you choose from the shelf of life the kind of marriage you want. And then you pay for it. So you are building your dream marriage. That's what we're doing right now. And thank you for investing in that. And the first thing that we build on is biblical roles. Book of Ephesians chapter five. Uh, God does not get it wrong. In the book of Ephesians chapter number five, uh, let, let us, uh, we're gonna read for just a little bit. Five and 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting, everybody say submitting to one another. The Apostle Paul is not trying to pit one another against as to who's, this is not a pecking order. This is giving us uh, roles for the benefit of our marriage. And then he says in verse 22, wives submit yourselves uh, to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife and also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So he gives us some biblical roles that we build our marriage on. And when we build our dream marriage, uh, to do anything less than this is, is, to, is to take a step down. So embrace your biblical roles. Now, uh, as a pastor, I, it's, always, it's always interesting. You know, uh, 
this view is always interesting. Uh, you, you get to see, it's amazing uh, how people respond when they think you don't see them. You know, it's a crowd of, you know, several hundred. And so they think they're hidden. You ain't hidden. <laughs> this, is a, this is an awesome view right here. And so when will, uh, I'll be teaching, just reading that text, just talking about biblical roles. You, 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 can, see, you can see body language just Anybody know what I'm talking about? In today's world, uh, this is counterculture. This is counterculture. But God is so awesome. He just amazes me. The first thing that happens when you build on biblical roles is biblical roles provide for the needs of your spouse. Biblical, everybody say provide. Here's what we mean by that. And, and we'll talk a, a, a little bit more about this, but what's one of the, what's one of the uh, main needs yes. of a husband? The need of a husband is honor. Honor. And respect. Honor and respect. And we'll talk a little bit more about honor that. Of a husband, of a child, male child, of a teenager, it's still a main need. It, it, it's just a God, it's a God given, it's a need. Right. So... So let's think about the text. Now, let's, well, let me, before we get there, let's think about the world that we live in. Uh, the world that we live in now, uh, used to, you, it was almost subliminal. It's not subliminal anymore. Uh, today, there is a, uh, emasculating, trying to, trying to take the male role out of society. Blending genders. Denying, if not even canceling, the male role in our society today, blending it until you don't, oh, don't even recognize it. You know what that is? That's the enemy working against God-given roles. If he's going to destroy marriages and destroy God-given families, if you're the enemy, what are you going to do? Well, let's work against the principles of God's word, because here's what it does. When you, when you fulfill your God-given roles, let's read it again. When he said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22, wives, submit yourselves therefore unto your husbands as unto the Lord. You are automatically, it's, it's providing that essential need of honor when you do that. And all you're doing is, is fulfilling a biblical role. Let's look at it from this perspective. Uh, one, of the, one of the essential needs of a, of a wife is security. It is feeling, that, and as we've talked about this in the, in the car in our personal conversations, is because when I'd mentioned security, what uh, you said automatically, we start to think of what when we think of security? Automatically, you think of financial security. But it's more than that. But it's a lot more than that. Uh, we're going to go through that in a little bit. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> so it, it's, it's security. But when he says this, husbands, love your wives, even as so Christ loved the church, you talk about security. It's a sacrificial love. So here's what the Lord does. He's already given you the answer to providing essential needs of your spouse simply by fulfilling God-given roles. 
I mean, he's awesome. He's awesome. So you will build your dream home by simply fulfilling those God-given roles. Now, here's what happens is that when we, when we don't do that, uh, you can get into a vicious cycle uh, when, when, uh, when selfishness gets involved. When I get selfish, when I'm not sacrificial, and when I'm, when I'm uh, thinking only of myself and my, my time is my time, and, and you know what that, what that breeds? It breeds insecurity. And when someone gets insecure, then, then there's a tendency, uh, because I'm not acting in an honorable, I heard we, we were, we were uh, doing a, we were with the Browns and Sister Vesta Mangan was there and we were talking about marriage and uh, we brought up this scripture. We were talking about it, how that uh, we honor, uh, you know, honor your husband and calling him Lord. And she said this, she said, well, if more folks, more husbands would act like Abraham and act like the Lord, it would be easy to call him <laughs> So when we act in a selfish and an unrespectable way in terms of marriage, then we withhold honor. Now we get in this vicious cycle. And the more we get in this vicious cycle, our pride says, I'm not budge until you budge. So there's dishonor. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? There's dishonor and selfishness, and it just constantly goes back and forth. And now we find ourselves in a frustrating role that we're, it just gets more entrenched and it gets difficult to get out of. So we'll talk more about that in just a moment. So biblical roles provide. Biblical roles protect. When you, when you build on biblical roles, you are protecting your marriage for a lifetime. It, it not only we're not in a vicious cycle, but now all of a sudden you're getting in a strengthening cycle when there's constant honor and there's, and there's constant uh, sacrificial love. It's a cycle of strengthening our marriage relationship. I mentioned this last night that we, we celebrate our, our rookies. We talk about it, the honeymoon. And then after that, things go downhill. God does not intend for it to go downhill. When we do this, it gives us protection to go forward and upward and bigger and better. It ought to be better the more years we're married. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. It, it provides, it protects, and it keeps you growing. Now, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about three reasons why we, we resist change. What happens if you get in that cycle of of frustration where we're not providing for those needs and we find ourselves not honoring maybe as we should and we're not as sacrificial as we should and so now it, it becomes a tit for tat and it becomes a well I won't I will when you will uh, I can see right now we're we, this is a good point right here I can see that right now has anybody ever been there this vicious cycle. Listen, somebody's got to break the cycle. Here's three reasons why we resist change. Number one. Fear of going first. You just, uh, like he said, you just aren't that one that wants to step in 
into the fire first because you're not sure. You're just feeling a little vulnerable. I, I think what I'm seeing um, a lot of times is just the fact that a lot of people have baggage even to the for the dear you know the deepest part of their life there's there's couples that come together and there's there's things that have happened in your life or you feel disappointed or you feel discouraged and i think such an important part of our going forward is forgiveness forgiveness every day you will disappoint each other and it's something it's just like the lord and what the bible tells us to to die daily that's something that we do. It's almost a repentance. You have to forgive. Even the small things, yes, we're talking about a building and building and building. That's an intentional, I'm going to forgive you today. But beyond that, there's also disappointments. We, we face temptations. You know, there's, and I won't even go into it. There's, there's marriages that are on the brink just simply because of maybe a falling to a temptation. And at some point, if you want to go forward, you have to forgive because when you're on the same page and you want to go forward together, husbands have to forgive their wives. Maybe you weren't honorable yesterday and you were hateful, yet wives need to forgive their husbands. Maybe they fell to a temptation and something come up on the internet and um, their eyes went there. Whatever. Whatever that might be, it can be really strong or it can be something simple, but forgiveness has to be a part of your every day, and you have to be intentional with that. That's what the Lord calls us to do. If we're going to be forgiven, right, we have to forgive, and I think that's the only way you can go forward is to be intentional with that. Uh, you ever say things you wish you hadn't said? Absolutely. <laughs> Yesterday, oh, if I could I take that <laughs> one back. <laughs> so there's here's what's going to happen uh, we're going to make some mental notes we're going to do real good for maybe a short time and and my wife and I we were walking the other day and there's this piece of sidewalk and you know when sidewalks uh, they, they crack and break up and the city comes along and they paint that orange X on it and then they replace it and put something brand new. They're constantly replacing it, whether it be uh, winter damage or whatever it is. And I know what happened. We were walking along, and uh, in this piece of concrete, they'd replaced, uh, taken up the broken section, poured new concrete there, and I know what happened. Here comes a 12-year-old boy, and he's riding a bike. It, because right down the middle of that concrete was one bike trail. <laughs> I mean, that's a 12-year-old's dream to find, find fresh concrete. And so here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to get home, and you're going to replace some of the broken pieces. You're going to correct some things. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get uh, six weeks down the road, and uh, he's going to ride right through that concrete. <laughs> or she. Or she. I didn't want to say that, but or she. <laughs> It's still correctable. You've just got to stay at it. You know what you do? You fix it again. Uh, and that's what forgiveness is all about. We, we are not perfect people. His marriage is perfect. We are not. So when we, when we do fall back, when we do make those, when we're trying to make those corrections for the dream marriage, uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect six months from now, eight months from now, when things kind of, uh, you know, they get, you know, 
little weird, we tweak them and we bring them right back up. So it's always possible. So the fear of going first, don't be afraid of going first. Second thing is this, uh, societal influence. Um, it is not, we don't have the reinforcement of society to fulfill biblical roles and to forgive. Matter of fact, what we say is, uh, uh, you know, you better, you better swing first. Uh, society is so different. And so we have got to maintain our, our trust the word of God, believe the word of God, and don't let societal influence keep us from submission and sacrifice. We have a world today that thinks if you're going to get the next, uh, go the next notch up, submission and sacrifice is not the way to do it. And that bleeds into our home. And then the third thing is the lack of faith. The lack of faith. I'm thinking of the, the woman in John 4, the woman who's been married five times. I love this. This doesn't take much for me. <laughs> so here's this woman that's been married five times and the one she's with, it's not her husband. Think about this a moment. Does anything speak failure more than, I've been married. How many want to say, yeah, I've been married five times. <laughs> I mean, that speaks failure. A business that fails five times almost is not as, there's some things that can bring failure in business, but married five times and now you're trying to say, it just speaks failure. And Jesus wants us to know, wow, he has compassion for those who fail. When we make mistakes, when marriage doesn't seem to go right, have faith that God is going to make a difference. He shows up in our marriages. He gives us another opportunity. Come on, go ahead. Clap your hands. Have faith in the Lord. And break the cycle. Somebody say amen. amen. So let's talk about some basic needs. Because meeting those basic needs, first of all, you got to know what they are. We, <laughs> we were up in, uh, uh, we were, Orland Park, and we had some time. We were meeting some friends, and so we had some time, and we didn't. We were too far away to drive home and then drive back. So I said, "Well, see if you can find a good coffee shop." And so she pulled up uh, on the internet coffee shops near me, and we saw that it looked it looked beautiful. It was it was you know the the cursive was right, the sign was just right. Uh, Ellis Coffee Cafe, and our daughter's name is Ellis. Oh, this has got to be the will of God. <laughs> so we, we pull up. It looked, it looked beautiful from the outside. So we walk in. <clears throat> when we walk in, uh, sure enough, here's this wonderful, I mean, beautiful cappuccino maker sitting, on the, sitting right there on the counter. And so we walk up and, and we just don't automatically started ordering. She, you know, I... I'd like a, uh, I think I'll do an Americano with a couple splashes of heavy cream and some, uh, and I'd like a vanilla. And the guy says, oh, no, 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 I says, uh, we don't do those. So what do you mean? This is, this is the coffee cafe. I, I, I see you got, a, you got a latte machine here. He said, we don't know how to work it. <laughs> that thing's been sitting there for two years and we don't know how to work it. 
But we got coffee, and I looked in back, and there was this, looked like it hadn't been washed in three months, just this bun drip coffee. We got some black coffee in the back if you want some. <laughs> Listen, you got to know how to work marriage. You got to know how this thing works. <laughs> so the first thing you need to do is get a PhD in the needs of your spouse. You, now, here's what I have a tendency to do. I have a tendency to try to fulfill my wife's needs the way that I see them. Let me, we'll start here and then we'll go. It is, for example, when it comes to uh, intimacy and uh, sexual relationships, uh, that doesn't start at 1030 at night. It starts long before that. Nurture, you know, it's, uh, for her, it's holding hands and, um, it, you know, it's kind words and it's, it's you know, it's uh, opening the door and compliments. Now, for a husband, just show up with no clothes on and play the food. <laughs> hey, needs are different. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. So... <laughs> That was not in my notes. It's true anyway. <laughs> so you can't fulfill your spouse's needs by what you, you got to get a PhD. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So here's, here's uh, when it comes to, we've already mentioned them is security. One of the basic needs is security. Um, and it's not just when I think of security, don't we do this? Uh, we, we, it's not kind words. It's not, uh, I, I miss some of those aspects of security. And here's what I default to. I'm bringing home a good paycheck. Well, security is a whole lot more than that. Right. It's, it's making her feel comfortable in our relationship. It's not. What'd you say? I think what happens today is there's a lot of very distinguished women who actually, I know many that are the breadwinners of their home, and they, they contribute just as much. So when you say it's security, that's not today, that's not always where it goes, even though that is so important. To it. When you feel like you're not sure of your future, it affects your marriage, for, for sure. But it is a broad term. Insecurity and security is a very broad term, I would think. And it's open and honest communication. Uh, it, it, sometimes it feels like um, I'm, uh, I'm not open. There's something guarded because we're not open and honest with communication. Well, for open and honest communication, there has to be trust. And uh, he, here's, a, here's an example is that uh, men have a tendency to be uh, physically immodest. And women have a tendency to be more modest. Verbally and emotionally, women have a tendency to be immodest. And what I mean by that is they'll share their emotions freely and verbal communication. And men have a tendency to be more immodest. We're more guarded. We're, we're more, it, because I, I have, uh, it's a little more um, difficult for me to convey and I feel more vulnerable when I convey my emotions. Yeah. And so I need somebody that I can trust. Mm -hmm. 
with my emotions. I mean, men, when it comes to physical, it, you know, you get up in the morning and it's before the break of day and you think you can get the trash out from the curb in your boxer shorts because you think nobody's going to see you. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> They're just a little more. Uh, now, when it comes to and you wouldn't do this, you wouldn't share intimacy with friends. You know, don't say, hey, Bob, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. We don't do that. We don't share intimate moments. I protect those intimate moments, but I also need to be able to trust my wife with my emotions. So if you, if you want your spouse, if you want your spouse to be unguarded with emotions, I need, you, I need to be able to trust you with my emotions. Not, uh, hey, hey, Beth, guess what my husband told me? We're not sharing those things. Or, hey, Mom, guess what my husband told Thank me? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that. Exactly. And, and you've used this illustration, which I think is a good illustration. Just as you wouldn't want somebody to take pictures of you and then your husband to take pic naked pictures of you and take them to work. Well, if you think of that as a woman, the opposite is true when you display something that's been shared with you in a vulnerable moment. Because that is one of our needs is open and honest communication. That's a wife's need. But like he said, you've got to hold that dear as dear. If you can think of it in those terms, I wouldn't want anybody to see that. That would, that would be total devastation. That's exactly how it feels for a man. So if you want him to open up, there's got to be some trust there. Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, leadership. Uh, you want to go back to communication? Okay. Just a couple things. Communicate your love and admit admiration for her. That's important. So we're talking about different ways to build security. It's not just financial security, which is important. But you don't want an if you don't want an insecure wife, then there's some things that you can do. So communicate that you care for your wife above anyone or anything, except for the Lord, of course. When a wife senses that her husband is preoccupied, it builds insecurity. So just be conscious of that. Take time for that. Communicate your love and your admiration. The fact of the matter is, we never get tired of hearing how pretty we are. Isn't she pretty? Isn't she pretty? She'll never get tired of hearing that, right? A woman blooms when she hears that. But the same is true, opposite is true, when all you hear is what you need to work on or the critical things, that bloom will die. Yeah. So, and I've, I've seen and I've observed, and I think you might just as, because we've pastored a while, and just observing people, you probably have, that are many times a woman will reflect her husband, the way she's treated, the things that he puts emphasis on. If a woman comes in and is, you know, talkative or, or a little more confident, um, that's usually, and I don't. I say that very broadly because it's not always the case. But it is very much a, the case whenever somebody is um, the opposite as a woman. You come in and very, very closed and very. You, that just sometimes will reflect the way she's being treated and the things that are being the things that are being concentrated on. I should say at home. If all you hear is criticism and the things that you can do better. 
you go about life thinking about that. If you'll just compliment right. beyond your physical thing, you, that's important, beyond being physically pretty. But com men, compliment who they are. This is just real practical. Compliment their mind. Their uniqueness. Their uniqueness. Their mothering, whatever it may be. Spend some time there. And then I would say you earn your words of correction or not criticism, because, but that's how it feels sometimes. Just your, you earn those whenever you know that you have a friend and not a foe as a woman. You've earned those, those, those words of correction. And then, you're, then you take them to heart and you act upon those. Mm -hmm. More so than feeling it will reflect. It does would you reflect. say? Yes, yes, I would. Yes, I it does. And that's all what's, when we say um, an essential need is, is security. That's part of it. You don't want to have insecure wives. These are some things that you can do. And then leadership. Um, crucial to a relationship. Uh, men, we need to be spiritual leaders in our home. It's just absolutely crucial. Here's some, here's some uh, basic needs of, of a man. Uh, first of all is honor. We've already talked about that. And then... Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a, that is a normal, natural it is. need. It is. Uh, never weaponize the sexual relationship. Hey, the sexual relationship is a spiritual relationship. If you look in the book, uh, well, Genesis, and then also in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, it talks about... If we are, uh, no, you're not, uh, that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, don't join yourself to a harlot because you will become one flesh. There's something about a sexual relationship that produces a oneness. Uh, so when it comes to that relationship, uh, don't use it as a weapon. It, it, it's not something that we, um, we don't keep score. We're not, you don't earn it. This is what brings intimacy into our, all other aspects of the relationship. So don't use a sexual relationship as a weapon. It will ultimately hurt your marriage. That's a need uh, of, the, of the husband. Not only that, also friendship. Uh, no, I can tell you do. Go ahead and say it. No, it wasn't anything. It's just reiterating that you don't make your husband beg. Thank you. Okay. That's, a, no, that's good. Yeah. And you, you can't make them feel guilty just because that's not your top of the list. That is how the Lord created. And it is important. And there's some, there's some probably application we can put there because of the, the way you're, you're made up. You're made up for yeah. visual. Can everybody say visual? visual? You're made up visual as far as, and it's okay. He's not a pervert. So your husband, you're not a pervert. So if you're, if, you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Let him look. Let him look. <laughs> this is practical. <laughs> That's, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? It's the way, it's God's idea. And it's what, it's what breeds, because of a sexual drive for a man, it keeps him coming back. And then it breeds intimacy. So I don't care, you can have been... Fussing and fighting. 
And what the devil will try to do is keep that from happening because of, and that's, that is what goes for a woman when there's some fussing and fighting. And the sexual drive keeps you coming back, keeps you trying. And once that can happen, it does break down that wall. And it just, it does. It, that's just God's idea. It does break down that wall. This will cause that vicious cycle. Then mm -hmm. one week, two weeks, three weeks, and then, and then neither party wants to admit, mm -hmm. I got a need here. Yeah. And you turn into a vicious cycle. Uh, someone needs to break that cycle. Somebody's got to, right. This is a great session. I love this session right here. <laughs> so uh, it, it, that, that's a major need, and, it, and we just have to recognize the needs of one another. Uh, then friendship is extremely important. Uh, we, we come out of, and a lot of those, we've talked about that last night, which was interesting. I come in today, and I talked to several couples about, uh, we've been talking about walking. <laughs> uh, when it comes to friendships, men have a tendency to want to do things. We play basketball, we play golf, we play uh, sports, and we've kind of grown up like that, and that's a need for a marriage relationship. And so that's why it's important to uh, have hobbies together, do things together, find things that we can enjoy together because it, it builds friendship in your relationship. And so there's friendship and then there is support in the home. The book of Proverbs chapter 21, verse number nine, it says this, it is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than to than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Now, I know that seems extreme, but brawling, just contention or discord or strife or when, when we come together at the end of the day, you know who sets the tone, the general tone of the home, who sets that general tone is the wife. And so when we, when we greet each other, and, and not only that, but both of us, when we greet each other at the end of the day, there ought to be something that makes us want to be home. We're creating that atmosphere because if there's contention and strife and discord, it'd be better to dwell at the housetop. There's something that makes us want to find something else to do. I think I'll go grocery shopping <laughs> or well, I think just spending time outside the home. Uh, your home is a sanctuary for your family. I want to create an atmosphere where we both desire it's a place of peace. Have you ever walked in somebody's home and it just has a certain smell? It, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying, it, it, or a feel. Now let's put that, I've been in homes where there's a certain feel. It just, it's either peaceful, and I've been in homes where it's like, ooh, man, it's bristly in here. It's contentious. And it's that way every single time you're there. I want an atmosphere that it, it just makes me want to come home. And it just, uh, all the stress of the day, I don't want to come home to more stress. We want to come home to, uh, my wife works in First Impressions. Yes, at church. I'm the guest services First Impressions. And how important that is. Right, and it is important, and it's, 
how you greet people, and I know you guys have put a lot of emphasis on that as well. When people come into the church, their first impression is the lasting impression. And so we want to greet with a smile. We want to say hello and not be in a holy huddle with somebody else's, you know. You, you, so we've got those principles at our church. And I was thinking, the same is true with your home. Wives, it's easy when, you, when you've, especially when you've had kids, you want, and they're driving you crazy. And you're ready to spank them. You're like, when they, your husband comes in the home, don't just throw them on him and say, okay, get it done. You, you, need, you need to take those children and spank their butts. I don't know. <laughs> That's not what they need. They need a smile. They need something that says, I'm glad you're home. This relationship is first. Right. It's first. And so when we come home, first, everybody say first impression. First impression. And it happens that quick, right when you walk in the door. So make it a practice that, uh, and you have to be intentional about it because everything else seems to swell throughout the day, but it's almost a reset. When we come home and meet at the end of the day, uh, make it pleasurable. Make it, make it something that's enjoyable and stress-free when we come home. And then later on, we'll get there. We'll take care of the, those needs, but Right when we come home, make it a home always where we want to come home. Stand your feet. I know we're on a little bit of a time frame. Uh, you are so enjoyable to talk to. Um, I hope that I hope it, some of this has helped. I hope some of it uh, just gets in your spirit to think about it. And most of it is this. It's not, I, I spend a lot of time preaching and in preaching, very little of it is telling you something you don't already know. When we're pastoring and comes across, most of it's stuff that we already know. We've just gotten lazy and we just need to be reminded. And what marriage retreat is, it's just reminding us again and renewing some of those commitments to things that we really, we already know. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. Let us build. Let us build on, on biblical values. Let us, let us build. Let's, let us get a PhD uh, in our spouse. I want to know my spouse. I want to minister to those needs of my spouse. I want to sacrificially give. And Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, when it comes to those biblical roles, help us to know that, that when we fulfill those roles, we are providing where actually you have, you have already given us the blueprint so that we can meet those needs in our spouse. And I thank you for this, Lord. Your word is so rich and so good. I pray blessings upon these couples today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.